Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker, and what a great playoff edition we have for you for Inside the Parker. Stopping by baseball writer Tyler Kepner, of course, from the New York Times. He has a new book also on the World Series. We'll talk with him. Plus, Matt Derry from 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. He joins us with some Guardians talk. That and much more. Let's go. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I'm taken aback by Seattle. And whether or not the Mariners, who had a 21-year drought, they get in the postseason, they shock the Toronto Blue Jays, they beat up Justin Verlander, the Astros eights with six runs on 10 hits. I mean, are you kidding me? And you don't win that game. You gotta win that game. This was an important game, game one. And instead they let the Astros off the hook. Will they be able to bounce back? And I don't understand, you know, people over managing in the postseason. Robbie Ray coming in, you take your closer out, you put in a starter who had been hammered by the Astros all season. It didn't make any sense. It really didn't make any sense. Why do managers change what they've done all year come postseason? And now the Mariners have to some way, somehow come back from that. They've seen the highs and lows of the baseball season in October with that Unbelievable comeback down 8-1 to Toronto, but didn't give up game one in the ALDS like that. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they'll be able to bounce back from that. Number two. The Yankees got what they've been waiting for. Garrett Cole in game one on Tuesday night. It wasn't the gem. But it was one of those bulldog efforts. There was a chance for the Guardians to blow the game open. Bases loaded, only one out. 
and he escaped without giving up any more runs, only gave up one run. And uh, that was the turning point in the game. The Yankees won game one, four to one in the Bronx. Garrett Cole pitched into the seventh inning. And that's what you want from your ace, from your guy who's leading your rotation. And uh, this is going to be interesting. You know, they won the game. No Aaron Judge hits. Nothing from uh, Giancarlo Stanton. So the big guys weren't there. Uh, but their ace was in Garrett Cole. And this is an important postseason. You know, it's been disappointing for the most part for Garrett Cole with the Yankees. But uh, he has a chance to redeem himself. And there was a moment where it looked like a hit by the uh, Guardians could have broke that game open, broke the Yankees back. They were, uh, were down one nothing, and instead, Garrett Cole got out of it and changed the course of that game. Yankees win game one. Weather permitting, the Yankees and Guardians will play game two Thursday night in the Bronx. Number three. The Dodgers grabbed game one. Of the NLDS against uh, arch rival the San Diego Padres, five to three, and uh, you know I know people are like, "Up oh, there's the Dodgers. They own the Padres, and they do." In the regular season, they won fourteen of the nineteen meetings, and we get it. And they have bludgeoned them. There were some games that could have gone either way, but here's the real thing: Mike Clevenger, who started for the Padres, is their worst starter. So the Dodgers beat him up early. They got off to a 5 nothing lead. The Padres came back. It was a 5-3 final. But here's the scary part. If the Padres are able to win game two, which was played Wednesday night at Dodger Stadium with Hugh Darvish on the mound, their best three pitchers are pitching games two, three, and four. And then you got to go to San Diego for two. So there, there's the scary part for the Dodgers going into game two Wednesday night. They needed Clayton Kershaw to be big time, to pitch a great game, and for them to take a 2-0 lead going down to San Diego. If the Padres steal a game in L.A., they're in the driver's seat when you look at the pitching with Snell and Musgrove following you, Darvish. Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome in our guest, Tyler Kempner, uh, a longtime baseball writer for the New York Times, and he has a new book. We're going to get to that about the World Series. But first, Tyler, welcome to the podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Rob. Happy to join you. Yes, indeed. Long time in coming. I'm glad you're here. I can't wait to hear about your book. But let's start with the postseason and, you know, October is magical, and we know how games can happen. But let's start. The Mariners ended a 21-year drought, make the playoffs. They stun the Blue Jays. They stun Justin Verlander in game one. Uh, and then they blow the game. What did you make of that? Can they bounce back? And the last part I want you to answer, Tyler, is, managers in the postseason changing what they've done all year. It's shocking to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a real fine line because you want to, um, you know, you, you want to embrace kind of the urgency of, of the moment and, and the, the need to win the game in front of you, no matter what, but it's, it's, you talk to managers, you know, like I talked to Terry Francona for my book and he, he talks about how it's, it can be dangerous if you start doing things that are too different. 
because it sends a message to the team of, of, of panic and of, of asking them to do things that they haven't done before. Um, so it's that fine line of, of, of maybe riding the hot hand um, because you need to win that game or, you know, dancing with, with who got you there. So, you know, we've seen, we've seen it work both ways um, with managers getting burned um, one way or the other. But yesterday, Robbie Wright coming in relief, you know, a guy who gives a starter who, who is prone to giving up home runs. Um, and that's exactly what, what happened. So that was, it's going to be tough to see how to come back from it. I think they can, I mean, you know, they've got Luis Castillo, who's, who's, who's a, who's a great pitcher. And then they go home. Um, but it, it's much, it's much tougher because Houston is just that good. And, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough psychological blow. I think they'll be able to handle that part of it, but it's just the fact that Houston's great and, and they, they squandered, they squandered a chance and, and I got went, you know, three out of four. You know, to to get uh, six runs and and ten hits off of uh, Justin Verlander and not win the game, uh, that that's hard to swallow right there. That's a tough one. Uh, let, you know, it's that funny one. you talk about that. I uh, covered my first World Series with the 1986 World Series, and John McNamara did something the same way. If you remember, uh, Dave Stapleton always came in in the ninth inning at first base. Yep. And in game, for whatever reason, in game six, I guess he wanted Bill Buckner to celebrate or be out there. And, and that changed everything. Is, is that, that's one of those moments. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, he, he always argued that, that range would have been Buckner's problem. And, and, and he did get to the ball. Um, it just, you know, it just took a weird hop and went, went through his legs. Um, but he, he clearly wasn't the, the best feeler they had. And, 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 and McNamara knew it because he had always used Stapleton. Every every one of their postseason wins, he, Stapleton was uh, was in the field at the end. So um, he had gone up to Buckner and, and and said, you know, do you do you want to you want to be on the field? And 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 Buckner said, yeah, whatever you want. You know, I mean, sure. Uh, you know, and he's not going to ask out of the game, um, right? But he said, if if uh, you know, if if McNamara had gone into him and said, hey, you know, I did going to put Dave out there again, you know, he would have understood that as well because it, it always happened. So I think it was, you know, a big undercurrent, a big, as you know, um, a big storyline in that series all along was Buckner and how valiant he was playing with the high tops and, and um, you know, just gutting it out to get out on the field um, with all of his injuries. And so when that happened, it was, it was not entirely surprising. I mean, people had, people were saying it um, in real time. I mean, Gary Thorne said it on the radio in the eighth inning, you know, what is Buckner still doing out there? So it was, it was something that, you know, I think there, there was a lot of sympathy for him and what he was going through. And um, I think, I think they just wanted him to have that moment and feel like he earned it. And it just all blew up on them in a million ways, even before that. No doubt. Let me ask you about the Philadelphia Phillies and where they are. Tyler, you don't get uh, you don't fire a manager during the season and normally make the playoffs and keep playing. It's this is a, a unique story because usually when you get to that point of firing a manager, it means things are really bad and probably the season is going the other way. How did they turn it around and how are they this good? Well, I think they were they were an, they were a pretty good team to begin with. Um, I mean, I, I I thought they'd make the playoffs. Um, you know they, they do have some some really good front end starting pitching there with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola who who shut out the Cardinals in their starts um, in the first round and they have spent a lot of money for uh, a pretty good lineup you know it was Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos and then some of the guys they've developed 
um, Reese Hoskins and, and Alec Bohm and of course Real Real Muto, the catcher. So I, I liked I liked their team. I, I just felt like um, you know, when when it was going so badly, yeah. I mean I'm like, well it's not gonna work out. Their defense uh wasn't good enough and their and their bullpen wasn't good enough. But Rob Thompson um you know found a way to just get the best out of these guys, you know, to to communicate maybe a little more clearly than than Girardi, just kind of take the pressure off. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure in that town, and 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 I, I think uh, it it was a well timed move by Dave Dombrowski, who's always pretty good at, at at reading the room and knowing what he has there, and um, you know, making a move before it was too late. Our guest is Tyler Kempner, the longtime New York Times baseball writer, and now I want to turn to your new book, The Grandest Stage. A History of the World Series. It's just released. People can pick that up just in time for uh, October and the World Series will be here before you know it. Tell us about the book and why, why'd you write it, Tyler? Well, I've always um, been fascinated by the World Series. I mean, we all, this is what everything is leading up to, right? I mean, when I was a little kid, I, I got to go to a World Series, a couple of World Series games um, in my hometown see the Phillies play. Um, they lost to Baltimore, but just to be able to see an a- afternoon World Series game in the sunshine, um, that was a magical experience for me. And then, you know, to relive it uh, 10 years later when they made it against Toronto um, and then to cover so many ever since. I mean, this is, this is, this is the story. This is, you know, the, the, the time that we all um, look forward to. And I feel like, you know, when, when you kind of, discount like what a guy does in the world series um you know in terms of like his legacy or whether he should be in the hall of fame or not you kind of miss the point like this is this is the stuff that this is the good stuff man this is this is what it's all about so i've always had a natural interest in um the things that that happen in the series but but more so the things that you know you might not know some of the esoteric uh funny um interesting behind the scenes stories you know that set up the the moments that we all remember so being able to talk to those guys and and uh, get their perspective and then do a lot of the background history work um, was just a real thrill. How about uh, the greatest performers in the World Series? Because, you know, growing up in New York as a as a kid, uh, watching Reggie Jackson hit those uh, three consecutive home runs, that's one of those feats I'll never forget. Who are some of the best performers that you write about in the book? Yeah, you know, at the back of the book, I do like an all-time World Series team, and then there's so many great Yankees. I mean, they they've got you know 27 championships and and 40 pennants uh, that that I had to separate into Yankee greatest Yankee team and and greatest uh you know of of the non-Yankees. So um, yeah, there's I mean, you look at Lou Brock, he had 391 for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, David Ortiz, Roberto Clemente. Um, they were all you know so, some of the early A's guys like Jimmy Fox and Eddie Collins. Um, Bob Gibson, he'd be on the, Bob Gibson or Madison Bumgarner, probably the best starting pitcher in World Series history. And of course, all the Yankees. I mean, Reggie and, and Mantle and, and, uh, you know, Jeter, Matsui, Lou Gehrig was one of the greatest World Series performers. I mean, you're talking about guys who were legends and part of the reason they were legends is because they got it done. Um, you know, when it, when it mattered most and, and the Yankees, you know, so much of their success, Mariano Rivera and the bullpen. And I think we saw that again with the giants, you know, why did the giants win three titles and the Braves in the nineties only won one? Well, because the giants bullpen was nails and, and they, you know, they, they always got the job done. I mean that they've never had a slip up at all for Bochi. Um, but the Braves had a lot of uh, late game 
uh, you know, adventures that that uh, cost them a couple of World Series. How come it's so hard to repeat as a World Series champ in the National League? There hasn't been a team to repeat Tyler since the '75, '76 Cincinnati Reds. That seems mind-boggling. The Yankees did it in you know 20 years ago, in what 99 and 2000. But why do you think it's so hard to to repeat? Yeah, this has been the longest stretch in, in baseball history without a repeat champion. Um, and and I think a lot of it is all these extra playoff rounds. Now they had them, you know, with the Yankees uh, era, and that's another reason why the Yan- that Yankees dynasty is so incredible because it was just so unlikely because you had so many chances to get tripped up. Um, you know, you you have the the idea now, especially of, of pitching. Um, the, the, the toll of the postseason, I think, really is 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 something you can see in the pitchers because um, they're not built to to pitch uh, as many innings as the old guys were. So, you know, if you add on a month of of uh, of high intensity playoff baseball, that's a recipe for uh, a breakdown the next year. So we see that a lot, um, where some of these pitchers um, just kind of wear out a little bit the next year. And there is that hangover effect, not because they're partying or doing the circuit, you know, the the, the banquet circuit, just because their arms took such a, a a beating. So, you know, we saw that with the Giants; they won three, but you know, uh, every other year. And uh, yeah, twenty-two years without a repeat champion, longest stretch, and uh, we've ever seen. No doubt, the name of his book is "The Grandest Stage: A History of the World Series." Tyler, how can uh, people uh, grab your book? Where is it available? Well, it's available everywhere, Rob. You know, you can go on Amazon. You can go on uh, the publisher's website, uh, Doubleday, um, bookstores everywhere. It's uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm really happy with the way it it, it came out, and and I, I think uh, what I really try to get across is just my genuine love and curiosity about about this event and and the stories behind it, and you know the people who made it all happen. So um, hopefully, people enjoy it in that spirit because it really is. Uh, you know, kind of a love letter to, uh, to, to the series and, and some of the stuff that, um, you know, that we all care about so much as fans, irrationally though it is. No, no doubt. Me as well. Tyler Kepner, uh, longtime baseball writer for the New York Times, a buddy of mine. I'm very happy about your success and this new book. I can't wait to get it myself. All right, Tyler, I appreciate you, man. Uh, enjoy the playoffs and enjoy a, yet another World Series, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, Good talking to you, Rob. Keep doing your thing, man. I'll see you along the way. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
take good care and we'll see you there. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. Now let's welcome in Matt Derry. He's a talk show host at 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, also, the Derry Brothers Guardians cast, my good buddy and longtime friend, Matt Derry. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Rob, great to talk to you, my friend. I know this is your favorite time of year, baseball playoffs and uh, Yankees. Uh, I, know, I, I know as a former Met guy for you, that, that probably bothered you that they gagged like that. But, hey, the game's been pretty good so far. They really have. But let's talk about the Guardians and help us. Uh, you know, break down this team, uh, and and obviously, uh, winning the first series was huge, and you know they didn't score a lot of runs, only three runs, and they only have four runs in their post three postseason games thus far. When you include the one run they scored against the Yankees in Game One, is this going to be an issue? You know, in the postseason, good pitching shuts down hitting. It does, and look, I think that the Guardians are going to be right there with the Yankees. I don't think New York is any kind of world beater per se, and it's not the greatest lineup that they've had in the past. Obviously, their defense is much better, and certainly their pitching is good. But that's what that's what you know is concerning. Certainly, is when when you got a guy like Cortez in Game Two because the Guardians don't hit lefties that well, and then last night they didn't hit Garrett Cole all that well. This is not an offense that is built like normal which is, you know, the home run ball. And that's, that's what all these teams are doing right now, except Cleveland is so old school, first to third, hitting the ball in the gap, putting the ball in play, infield hit, an occasional bunt here or there. They don't have the boppers outside of Jose Ramirez. And you're right, will it come back to bite them? We're going to find out. But it's a little concerning, certainly, that you played three three playoff games and you only scored, yeah, you only scored four runs. Yeah, and, and, and they had Garrett Cole on the ropes. They were up one nothing. They had the bases loaded, only one out, and Matt Garrett Cole got out of it. A force at home, and then a big time uh, strikeout to get out of it. Was that a missed opportunity there to blow the game open? I know. I agree with you. I mean, first of all, second and third and one out, and Naylor coming up. That's your fourth hitter. They get lucky that he chops it to Rizzo. Rizzo comes home, and, and Rosario is able to scoot back. Because really, that was a fielder's choice, and they should have had an out there. So you're like, all right, now you get a gift opportunity. Now base is loaded with your number five and six hitters. And I know it's two very young players, the rookie and Oscar Gonzalez and the second-year kid and Andres Jimenez, but 
Gonzalez kind of swings at the first pitch, didn't work to count, and then Jimenez, Jimenez struck out. That was that could have been the game right there. That could have been two nothing, three nothing. It would have been a different game because Quantrill was trying to be, you know, as as perfect as possible in that ballpark. But those are the kind of things during the regular season, Rob. They always delivered uh, in the clutch. A guy like Andres Jimenez, one of the better clutch hitters in the game, strikes out last night. So it, it's definitely a concern. But I, I still like how this team fights back. And now let's see how they do with a little adversity here, coming off a loss, their first playoff loss, and a, and, and this weather situation. Are they going to play Thursday night? Is this going to get pushed back to Friday? Then you're playing four games in four days with two travel days or with two travel trips. I actually think for a Terry Francona young team, it may actually work for them, as weird as that sounds. Our guest is Matt Derry from 92.3 to Fan in Cleveland. And Matt, uh, the Guardians have struggled with the Yankees in the postseason. The Yankees have knocked them out. They knocked them out in uh, 2020, 2-0, and they knocked them out in 2017, three games to two. Is there a little thing there with the trying to get past uh, the Yankees? Is there anything there, or just were the Yankees just better the last few years, and that's why they were able to win? Well, Rob, I, let's be honest. Going back to seventeen, that was a that was a choke job. I mean, the Guardians were up two zero. They thought they kind of put the nail in the coffin in that game too when Jan Gomes at the walk off, and you're like, Cleveland looks like the better team, and. They should have won that series. Uh, they went into game three and Carrasco pitched a beauty and they couldn't hit. Um, no, I don't know if it, you know, look, you go to, you go to games at, at progressive field. There's always going to be Yankee fans on the road. They travel so well. It is, it is a little bit of a nemesis, but remember the Sandy Alomar home run in the nineties off of Mariano Rivera in the playoffs, the 07 season where uh, Paul Bird goes into to game four and Eric Wedge goes with Bird instead of Sabathia on three days rest, and they beat the Yankees in the Bronx. So this organization has done this before. They beat the Yanks. But you're right. I mean, now this is such a young team. I don't know if they, if that's in their mindset or not. I thought last night they handled themselves pretty well with, you know, Miles Straw was basically being heckled for three hours out in center field. He handled it pretty well. And I thought going up one nothing, getting the Quan Homer and putting some runners on, they had some traffic. Now let's see in game two how Bieber handles the situation, and if they get a lead, if their bullpen, which has been pretty locked down lately, if they can if they can take care of business. I think they're going to be okay. I do. And historically, just for the record, the uh, Yankees and Cleveland are 11-11 and in postseason uh, series against each other. So I think that sticks to your point and uh, that, uh, you know, Cleveland – hasn't always been a rag doll for the Yankees, but uh, we'll we'll check it out uh, as the series goes on. Um, I expect the Yankees to win this series, um, but I do believe it'll be a, a hard fought series. I don't think that last uh, game one was an example of uh, what we'll probably see, not blowouts. But Matt Derry's his name. Check him out on the Fam ninety two three in Cleveland and his podcast. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. All right, we appreciate you, Matt. Thanks so much. Robert Lee, you're the best, buddy. Now bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Strike three. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close. Reason number 551 why baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL. It's simple. It's postseason magic in October. 
We've seen some great games, great finishes. The Guardians walked it off in 15 innings with a home run. We saw Seattle come back from an 8-1 deficit to win a game and to clinch and move on. And also, we saw the Astros in the bottom of the ninth with a big walk-off three-run home run. And uh, it gives you goosebumps. It gives you chills when you just think the game is over. And then, boom, magic like that in baseball, especially in October. The Astros, let's take a listen. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gets it by. Unbelievable. The Astros a walk-off win. Jordan Alvarez, a walk-off three-run homer. And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.